Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny, and you are listening on Tuesday, September 28th. We are moments away from the new format, but before we get there, we have one last episode. Our season finale, if you will. Oh, yeah. We got like one more week uh, from recording until, you know, October 1st ban list. The actual, like, it takes place. Yes. Yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I uh, I think it's I think it'll be a good place for the format to be. I think it's a good transition. But before we start getting too deep and before we start talking about all that, I do want to take a moment to shout out our patrons. Thank you so much to Anthony Leela, Owen Alvarado, Mountain Man, Aaron Gardner, Myth Oceanus, Ace Micah, Pig, Scuzz Daddy, Adil Saeed, Jeremy Drysdale, Ray Powell, and Austin Johnson. Thank you so much, everybody. I, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much for that. And I also want to take a moment to read our latest review on Apple Podcasts. Woo! Super helpful from that random guy on your couch. Wait a minute. Caleb, was this you? I'm not random. That's fair. I know you. Okay. So this you invited is me. Fair enough. <coughs> All right, so the review is, I've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! for one month now, and this podcast has been a lifesaver. All of the news they provide and just general info is great. P.S. came over from Spotify to give this awesome podcast a review. Thank you so much, random man from our, from my couch. I really appreciate it. I'm sure Caleb does too. Oh, absolutely. Especially all that extra effort you went into going to a different platform. Exactly. So, all of you <laughs> listening on Spotify that are not listening to Apple iTunes, you have no excuses. <laughs> you have no excuse. Just just make the leap and just create your little iTunes account, hop on and just just make a quick review, quick rating. So thank you so much for that. Um but going into it, um 
man, I almost forgot about uh, the last thing I want to do. So uh, on our Twitter account, we started something new. We started doing the podcast question of the day. Today's podcast question was, what deck slash archetype are you most looking forward to from Burst of Destiny? We got a bunch of good replies. So we have several people talking about Despia. I don't know why. Uh, we're not. We're, I don't want to talk about Despia. Ew, gross. But a couple of Despia replies, uh, a couple of Boral or Rocket support replies. Mm-hmm. Sword Soul, Hero, Magic Key. Oh, yeah, the new Magic Key main deck monster. Oof. Mm-hmm. And they have a new season of Synchro coming, too. So. Yeah, but that main deck monster, though. Mmm, spicy. Yep. What are you looking, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, personally, Sword Soul. I just like the con, I just like, uh, you know, getting some more warm support and just the concept of these, uh, Dragomin wielding claymores. Uh, I think it's not even just claymores. I think they're supposed to be like, it's, uh, it's random legendary yeah. swords from yeah. Chinese lore. Yeah. But because their size, I'm just like, they're claymores. There's, <laughs> there's what, there's what, there's why handers. There, there's no way you're one handing one of those. Yeah. Um, I think what I'm most looking forward to is, honestly, I'm really looking forward to Hero being really relevant again. Um, and more than just a Hero package. You know, I'm looking forward to more than just Destroy Phoenix Enforcer. Yeah, just Hero in general being... Playable. Yeah. Um, hopefully for under $500 for two cards. Honestly. Honestly. Come on, give us that a dusted gold and uh malicious bane reprints. We need them. Desperately. God. So are you planning on picking up any of the decks out of Bode? Um, straight out of Bode, I'm considering I'm actually considering uh Sword Soul, depending upon how expensive that might end up be becoming. Fair. Um, you know, if it's like if it's actually like Within, I'd say, maybe $200 to get up the core of the deck, I'd probably just go ahead and pick it up. Yeah, I think Sword Soul is probably going to be um, <coughs> post-January 17th ban list. I think it'll probably just be the best deck after that. Yeah, either that or it's, yeah, it's most likely, it's either going to be that or something that we're just not, we just don't have the five head to look ahead into the future to see. Right, right. I'm looking forward to... I'm probably most looking forward to the hero stuff, honestly. And if not that, then the new B-Trooper support. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, I'm really... I say that. Actually, yeah. no, it's probably the B-Trooper stuff. Now that I think about it, I'm probably most looking forward to the B-Trooper support. Okay. But, I mean, you, I mean, you played heroes back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to play uh, Skill Drain beat heroes, like... With the Shining. Yeah, yeah. The Shining, Esquardo. Uh, that was more like bubble beat heroes, because I think we already had the... Um, the blade armor ninjas. Yeah, yeah. So it would let you like you could like special summon bubble mans, and then like you could like overlay into the blade armor ninja and push for big damage. And then you could also you're also capable of still playing the um, what's the package with the uh, the skill drains and stuff? Oh, it was like skill drain beast king barbaros. Yeah, yeah. You just and, normal summon a three thousand beater. Yeah, and the dual mode dragon. Um, Fusilar? No, I don't think it was Fusilier the Duel Mode Dragon, although it might have been. I, I think he was part of it. It was just any monster you could get a hold of whose effect was, you can normal summon this card without tripping, but if you do, blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah, yeah. But the thing was, you were only running like... You were pretty much just running Barbaros as far as I remember. You yourself, I remember, were only running Barbaros. Well, I think the deck only ran like eight monsters. Yeah, something like that. And it was like a bunch of fusions and... Yeah, yeah, it was like Miracle Fusions, Super Polys. Yeah. Return from a Different Dimension, I think, was part of it, too. No, that was banned already. Yeah, that was banned by then? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but... And that was... 11 years ago, give or take. Uh, yeah. About that long. Yeah, 10, 11 years ago, something like that. Yeah, uh, that was before I had made the switch to... Switch off of Black Wings. Uh, no, that was after you switched off of Black Wings. What did I switch on to then? I don't remember. Cash Dragons. Right, right, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, uh, so be sure to check out our Twitter account, at Top Cut Podcast, to get all the latest info for our podcast question of the day. You could have your answers read here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, past that... I think the next thing to talk about is probably get right on into our next main segment, which would be the Chalice Line Monthly, yeah? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Which uh, ended a couple hours ago. Yeah, it did not end long ago at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, first off, we have uh, the list for the entire tournament. Uh, We don't have, like, specific numbers or anything, just the percentages. So, of the entire tournament... 9% 9% of all, the entire player base were on Tri-Brigade of some kind. Right. Uh, 7% Phantom uh, were Phantom Knight, 5% Drytron, 5% Virtual World, 5% Invoke Dogmatica, uh, 4% Salad, uh, Salad Mangrate, 4% Grandmaju, 3% Owl Lich, 3% Dragon Lynx, 3% Prank Kids, 57% Other. Yeah, the thing you have to remember about the Chalice Line Monthly, and I could be way off base saying this is that this chalice line monthly gets like a lot of really kind of rogue entries yeah um, and keep in mind that i think this is there's a 128 uh man tournament so um 128 man tournament for there to be nine percent representation you probably need around a dozen decks something like that yeah so you're probably looking around a dozen Tri Brigades, around ten Phantom Knights, around like eight Drytrons, Virtual World, Invoke Dogma, probably like seven Salad and Grand Maju, six Eldritch Dragon Link Prank Kids, and then everything else was two or less, probably. If I had to guess, something along those lines. Yeah, something like that. That that sounds that sounds right to me, but I'm not good at math. Yeah, keep in mind that this event was held post ban list. Uh, this was new format with the ten promos legal. Yep. So, um, it's interesting. Oh, yeah, no, very, very fascinating. So, <coughs> and then top 16 was three Tri Brigade, two Phantom Knight, two Adagnister, one Prank Kids, one Drytron, one Eldritch, one Grand Maju, one B Trooper, one Amazement, one True Draco, one Mech Knight, and one ABC. Huh. That's a lot of different decks. It really is. Um, three Tri-Brigade, I, you know, I hate to say this, but I feel like everybody kind of knew that coming out of the ban list, Tri-Brigade might still just be the best deck of the format. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's so good. And now <laughs> being able to use Crossout to protect yourself from uh, Effect Veiler and the Ash. And Ash. Uh, oh. Imperm. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, you know, they they definitely got more of a bump uh, coming up on October 1st when the 10s come out and the new ban list uh, gets get, applies. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so being able to, I don't know, being able to navigate all that is crazy. Oh, yeah. ABC being here is wild to me. Yeah, I want to know what his deck list is. Honestly. And I want to say B Trooper made it almost all the way to the finals here. We don't have the finals right in front of us. Yeah. But I want to say B Trooper made it like really far. <laughs> Yeah, which is still, which is really good. Which is really good. We also have it on really good authority that one of the tri brigades—I don't know which one—was a uh, what was it? It was um, gen- uh, generator tri brigade. Wow, one of those lists. That's wild. Yeah, definitely interesting. I I have no idea what generators do. Um, Maybe produce electricity. No, not quite. <laughs> I don't remember what they do, to be completely honest with you. I just know that this is not something that you would expect. Yeah, oh, most definitely. I'm pretty sure that a good chunk of the... if I'm pretty sure a good chunk of their wins probably came from the fact that nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be, which to be, which to be fair, is a major... Uh, which is a major thing. If you right. can just do your thing, your opponent have no idea what's going on. So it looks like finals here, and I could be wrong about this. Was Prank Kids and Phantom Knights? Ooh, interesting matchup. Yeah, I, I literally just clicked on the finals. I clicked on the uh, what you call it, the uh, vod. Yeah, yeah, I just clicked to the vod. Yeah. So, and if I'm guessing what I, what it looks like here, yeah, it looks like Prank Kids win the whole thing. Okay, then. Interesting. New list Prank Kids winning the event. Yeah, with only one Meow Meow Moo. That's crazy. And I gotta be honest, I wrote off this deck entirely. Oh, I didn't. I knew it was still gonna be around. I mean, around, sure, but, like, good. Oh, and he's playing the Verte Dragoon package. Of course. Of course. So. He he probably used he probably didn't use it very often. Well, he either used it every round or he didn't use it at all. Yeah. I, I find with a package like that, it's one or the other. And it's usually the opposite one of what you think it would be. Yeah. My mm. personal experience, anyway. Well, it's interesting to say the least. Oh, and yeah, no, no, no. we're definitely looking at if this is, has anything to say about the upcoming matter. We're looking at a very, very open. Um, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna be a super wide open format going forward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's, it definitely. Um. What what else, what else interests you here? Looking at this top cut representation. Well, oh yeah. Well, I mean, you got the ABC. You have the amazement. I, I want to know if it's like pure amazement, or is it like, or is it the amazement trap tricks that's been going around? That's a great question. Yeah, because it just says amazement. Um, with the B troopers, is it your standard B trooper? Is it a more generalized B trooper deck? Is it the B trooper trap tricks deck we've seen going around? I hope not. Because a lot of the B troop, because a lot of the trap tricks monsters are insects, and therefore, kind of fits in. I, I, you know, I hope not. Because I think pure B trooper with like. Retaliating seas, with generic, or stuff yeah, like that is the, the way to go. With some generic insect extenders, Gogapole and so on and so forth, such with. 
Yeah, dude, speaking of, I'm so glad. You know, we talked about it in the last episode, but I seriously, I cannot tell you enough how happy I am that they uh, that they reprinted Resonance Insect. I know, right? And it's a hollow. Honestly. Honestly. Super nice. Super, super nice. I'm looking forward to OTS Pack 17. I really am, too. So, yeah. Um, what do you? You weren't on the last episode, so you didn't get to talk about it. What were you upset about missing the last? Um, the the OTS seventeen. Uh, part of me wishes we got an access code reprint, but part of me is also glad oh, we well, didn't. That's not coming in seventeen OTS. Yeah, but like, part of me is glad it didn't because then it would have been an ulti, and at that point, what's the point? Fair. Um, like anytime they reprint something that's only ever been a secret and it's like an eighty dollars secret that they just that they're like, yeah, sure, we'll reprint it, reprint it as an ulti. I'm like, why even bother? Yeah, the ult is going to be more expensive than the than the original secret. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like pretty much everything else. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. Um, I'm glad that that uh Portugal is finally getting its co- finally getting its first probably its first printings of Puny Penguin and uh and Hornet. No, probably not their first printings, but yeah. it's crazy that Portugal always has an extra like ten cards in in their OTS packs. Well, yeah, because I don't think Portugal, <sighs> I don't think Portugal started getting packs until like. No, I think they've had them from the beginning. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so that's the reason I can think of they give them extra cards because they haven't had near the sets and reprints we've had. Yeah. Maybe they've maybe they never got any of the side sets or something, and they're trying to make up for that. I don't think that's it. I really think that mm. they just get more than we do. Mm. So, in addition to the, um, in addition to the Chalice Line Monthly, we also have some interesting stuff as far as an OCG metagame breakdown. <laughs> now, this is some post-format stuff, but it's not entirely indicative um because obviously not all tournaments over there are running already on the most recent ban list yeah it's it's very much case of the discretion of the local turn of the local scene whether or not they go ahead and shift over immediately or yeah wait the other thing that to consider here is that um this is not coming from road of the king.com which is where we normally get our OCG metagame breakdown information. This is all coming from a Twitter post that I found. So take that for what you will. Take it with a uh, salt shaker. Yeah, grain of salt. No, salt shaker. The whole shaker. <laughs> the whole shaker. Yep. So, <clears throat> looking at this here, though, um, some in- some things stand out. Uh, you're looking at 14% Phantom Knights, for uh. 13% Brave Prank Kids, 12% Tri Brigade, 10% Sword Soul, 6% Adamantia, 5% Eldlich, which is just Adamancipator, by the way. 5% Eldlich, 4% <coughs> Phoenix Brave. Um, which I would, I, which I think is Phoenix Enforcer. With Brave Token. Brave Token, and then a bunch of random stuff. Probably good, just a bunch of hand traps. Good stuff dot, dot deck, basically. Yeah. Uh, then Drytron Orcist and at four percent each, and then twenty seven percent others. So what sticks out here to you? Um, 
probably Orcust, but keep in mind that they have Harpoor. Fair. So, you know. Um, Orcus does seem to pop up on a lot of these. I guess that's why. And they also have that Grass is Greener, which I bet is awesome for the Orcus deck. Yeah. Um, Adamantipator being a thing also surprised me, but I'm I'm not sure on block. I'm almost positive it's banned over there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'm yeah, then I'm curious on what they're doing then that uh Adam Anspater and the TCG aren't doing. I don't know, man. It's the OCG. I don't take too much into I don't read too much into it, you know what I mean? Fair enough. I mean oh, I mean it's also probably just because the meta is so much slower c- comparatively. True. It might give them that that little you know that extra time they need to set up exactly like if they have like if they get stopped then they can have they have the next turn to yeah try again exactly yeah yeah they, they have they have the knowledge of okay i'm not going to get a, i'm probably not going to get otk'd set up a couple of uh drop you know set a couple of cards past turn right right yeah i guess it i mean i don't know about that but yeah that, it's one of those things yeah um I think that the uh, interesting thing is, oh, and if then if you look at um, the Phantom Knights, sixty percent are running the Phoenix Enforcer package, eleven percent are running the Brave Token package. But you have to remember when you're talking about all these decks running the Phoenix Enforcer, Dragoon is banned. Mm-hmm. So this They're is running their... it instead of Dragoon. Right. It is their version of Dragoon. Right. So, you know, so that is that so they're never going to get a meta where they're going to get where they get to play with both Dragoon and Phoenix Enforcer. Like we'll have here in a month. Yeah, which is which is the insanity that we're going to have we're going to have to deal with. But I really think think it'll it'll just ultimately come down to pick one or the other. Oh yeah, you there's you're not going to have room for both. You're gonna have those people who are gonna do both. I mean, yeah, in some like war crime gravekeeper deck. Yeah, but it's gonna happen. But most people are probably just gonna stick with the dragoon just because they already have it. I would think so. I'm gonna say this though. <clears throat> I do believe that if um if it's below if like the destroy Phoenix Enforcer is less than like thirty um oh yeah no you're gonna see a lot more phoenix enforcer just because it's cheaper the whole package is cheaper well it's not just that i think you should pick them up especially if it's like an ultra or a secret you should definitely pick it up oh yeah um so i okay so huh live updates from the large avian individual giant skyhawk um we do have some information the top four was Prank Kids, Drytron, Melfi Tri Brigade, and PK for Ooh. the Chalice Line Monthly. And we know that top eight involved a B Trooper deck and an ama- the Amazement deck. But yeah, 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 no, like we're definitely looking, as we said before, we're definitely looking at a very wide open meta uh, starting October 1st because, you know, people are scrambling, trying out new things. Yeah. Trying and to figure out the new decks. I mean, when you look at things like. Prank Kids and Phantom Knights, Tribrigade, competing with decks like Sword Soul. I mean, think about Eldritch over there. They, yeah, um, Eldritch is a more competitive deck over there because of the way the meta is shaped. Yeah, um, having cards like Maxi allows those decks to be competitive. Um, but 
regardless, you're still looking at things like Phantomize. You're still looking at things like Prank Kids. You're still looking at things like Tribergate, just dominating the meta. So, Big time. Yeah, even even Maxi can't slow the meta down that much. Yeah, which is kind of impressive, actually. Um, it, honestly, it is. You know, these decks being able to just kind of go, yeah, sure, Maxi. Sure, whatever. I'll do it again next turn. I dare, I dare me. Yeah, no, 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 you'll draw, yeah, you'll draw half your deck. I dare you to max see me again. Do it. Do it, and I'll deck you out. Do it! <laughs> yeah, for real. It's like that goofy meme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I'll, do I'll do it again. Yeah, I'll do it again. But yuck. <laughs> oh, my lord. <coughs> uh, <coughs> but yeah, 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 I mean, like, even just our meta pre-bode, post-banless, pre-burst destiny, it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be like the Wild West again, just people trying out random decks, trying to figure out what's what works now, yep, what doesn't exactly. work. exactly. Us, you know, you have the people who, as soon as their deck's on a, lit, on a ban list, immediately drop the whole deck and pick up something else. Mm-hmm. Um, then you also got the people who are trying to make the decks work the same way they did work before, with more limited resources. Um... You know, you're going to have all these people trying to figure stuff out. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting. Yeah. There's a lot to consider with all of it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so looking forward, though, um, there was something else that we wanted to talk about. And we will absolutely do it. After this segue to talk about uh, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. Yes, our local ETB Games. Uh, I, you know, uh, you can go there for whatever, D&D, Magic. Uh, we actually went, actually one time we went there, they were, just for funsies, they were having a um, Magic the Gathering pre-release thing, which was really cool to yep. just kind of get to watch as we did our Yu-Gi-Oh thing off in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have D&D stuff. They have rooms in the back and go into to play D&D in. That you can actually uh, reserve. Um, I actually bought a book there. It was really cool. Really cool. Really cool people. Check them out. Yeah, definitely check out ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. Like Caleb said, it is a spectacular... Um, is It really is a spectacular place to just... Get anything you need. And the link to that is in the description down below. As always. ETBGames.com. Now, the second segment that we wanted to talk about, our secondary piece. Um, so, when we went to Road of the King looking for some OCG metagame breakdowns, what we found was something that we actually think is a lot more interesting, which is um, an article by Akira, an article by Akira published here called The Science of Metagaming. So, we have not read this article all the way through. Uh, from what we can tell, it dives pretty deep into some analytics and some um, and into some numbers. So, be prepared. And there will be a link to this article in the description below. But we wanted to read through it here with our listeners and give our thoughts on it as we go. So... It starts out, metagaming, so it starts out with a definition. Metagaming is an approach to determine the tournament environment by examining past tournament results, 
A hypothesis proposes that tournaments having the same participant composition would produce different results. Testing are conducted by generating mock tournaments to examine and investigate the hypothesis. So essentially what this is saying is, if you have a tournament that has all of these different results and you go back through, you analyze the results and you have another tournament with the exact same participant pool. Running the exact same people with the exact same deck. No. No? The whole point is that it'll be different decks. Oh. Because if you let everybody go back through with the knowledge that they have, they'll do it differently. Fair enough. So the participant composition would be the same, but the composition of the decks is always going to be different because it's the metagame is always evolving. So one is the introduction. In preparation for an upcoming tournament, players would predict the metagame in order to fine-tune their decks against their opponents. Analyzing past tournament results is a sound method to determine what decks, cards, and strategies are popular in the current metagame. So something similar to this might be we can go in and we're going into the tournament. Perfect example. This weekend, we're going Mm -hmm. to tournament. We can look at past results of the format and past results of other maybe OCG metagame results, whatever. And we can look at the um <clears throat> we can look at other tournament results. Kind of get determine, a f- Yeah, kind of get a feel for okay, this deck's very popular because of this reason. Right. And that is a sound method of determining the decks, cards, and strategies that are popular. Therefore, we can pick our counters to it reasonably. So, due to the limitations of the Swiss and single elimination tournament system, though, the tournament (coughs) results may deviate due to the pairings. The hypothesis proposes that that tournaments comprising of the same participant composition with a significant amount of participants and thus a reasonably sufficient amount of tournament rounds being played would produce different results from each other. So... Two ICSs a month apart with this exact same 1,500 people would produce extremely different results. Mm -hmm. Even if you were to somehow create this timey-wimey event where the same term is getting played out in two different timelines, you'd probably have completely different results by the end. Yeah, because it's, it's impossible in an event of this size to replicate everything exactly. Yeah. Uh, number two is the methodology. So this is all the methods about how they got to all these hypotheses and how they got to their conclusion. Mm-hmm. The metagame is made up of rock, paper, and scissors decks. Rock will always win against scissors. Scissors will always win against paper. And paper always wins against rock. Standard stuff. In the mirror match, such as rock against rock, paper against paper, scissors against scissors, yada, yada, the winner will be randomly assigned. Therefore, each deck has a 50% win rate. I like how in the uh, example they're given, they're using Obelisk, Cypher, and Raw. It is rather nice, yes. So the metagame breakdown is 33% each of Rock, Paper, and Scissors. Yeah. So each tournament is made up of 600 participants, comprising of 200 Rock, 200 Paper, and 200 Scissors. The tournament format will be eight rounds of Swiss, followed by a top cut, hey, where the top 64 players advance to single elim. 
Players are randomly paired using Konami tournament software, so three tournaments will be run. Here's the results. Tournament 1, you have the top 64 <laughs> is 16 rock, 21 paper, 27 scissors. But then when you get to tournament 2, you have 28 rock, 12 paper, and 24 scissors. Drastically different. And then the next one, you have 26 rock versus 14 paper versus 24 scissors. So each tournament started off, started off with an even distribution of rock, paper, and scissors decks. But this distribution is not carried out over top cut. So, champion tournament one champion is scissors. Tournament two champion is paper. Tournament three champion is rock. So, three tournaments, three different winners. The champion of each tournament played against an uneven spread of opponents. So, the first scissors played against two rock, nine paper, three scissors. Uh, the second champion, Paper, played against five rock, eight paper, and one scissors. And the third champion played against four rock, which is, so this is rock. He played against four rock, zero paper, and ten scissors. So let's discuss about this a little bit. The three decks have the same 50% win rate. Each has a 33.3% distribution in the tournament. So hence the expected value of top cut would be 21.3 for each deck. In all three tournaments, there are decks that underperformed and decks that overperformed. This is caused by the variance in the tournament pairings. In a 600-player tournament, the champion would only face up to 14 different opponents, and not all of the other 599 players. So, essentially, you can compare this to... You go into a tournament, and even if... It's a Tier 0 format, right? Where... Like, pure zodiac format if you went into a pure zodiac tournament you could metagame it and you could predict that you're going to see a lot of zodiac but you could not guarantee that it was the only deck you would see even if it represents a third of the field even if it represents 80 percent 80 percent of the field there's no guarantee that you won't round one go up against the go up against the deck and you're that you just had no you just had no uh no idea was going to be there. Yeah. So, variance in pairings meant that each player would face an unequal amount of good matchups and bad matchups. The champions' breakdown revealed that each of them faced very minimal bad matchups. In particular, the Tournament 3 champion, Rock, did not face a single paper opponent and had zero bad matchups for all 14 rounds. So, this can be extremely comparable to a turn to a format like the one that we reference all the time, which is the uh, Insector Windup Dino Rabbit. Format. Yep, that was a rock paper scissor format. In a sense, yes. So, looking back now, if you play the format some more, really dive deeply into it, you can change the decks to where maybe one deck becomes the best deck of the format. But if you look at it at that time. It was generally considered that going first, Dino Rabbit had a good matchup against Insector. Insector had a good matchup against Windup, and Windup had a good matchup against Dino Rabbit. Sure, this is not guaranteed. Oh, but, uh, nothing's guaranteed. Right. But <clears throat> you could kind of have an idea. Mm -hmm. So, but in a format like that, when you start looking at it, 
think about it like this. In that format, Insector never won a YCS. Even though it was probably the most popular deck, it never won it because of the, it was low rarity and it was cheap. Yeah. It was... It never won a YCS. It didn't even win Nationals. It won Worlds that year, but that's because Worlds had Wind Up and Dino Rabbit were not playable decks. Yeah, because Wind Up Rabbit and... Shark. Shark were both TCG exclusives. Not yep. allowed. And... Uh, so is Rescue Rabbit and Tour Guide. Yeah, both TCG exclusives. Not allowed at Worlds. And I think Zen Mains was also a TCG exclusive. I don't think... I don't... I don't it doesn't matter. It, it really does Dolka was. Yeah, Dolka was. It, it yeah. doesn't really matter, though. Um, but those two decks not existing let Insector win. Exactly. In fact, Insector was tier zero in the OCG for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's something to think about, though, is that was Insector actually just oh the worst deck of those? Not really. It just had a worse luck in tournament results. Like in actual tournaments, it was just unlucky. Yeah, it had a it had more of a it was kind of a. This weird thing where if you're printing in Zector, you were probably going to see a lot of Dino Rabbit. Right. Just so, due to because you're running in Zector. Yeah. That's how it worked out. So deck power level and their metagame share are not explicitly correlated. In a format where one or two decks have a significantly higher win rate than the rest, they would show up more consistently in the top cut and thus take up a bigger share in the metagame breakdown. But in a format where the win rate across decks are fairly even, the metagame breakdown across the tournaments would be quite varied. To objectively (coughs) determine the power level of a deck, the deck has to be pitted against other top decks in the metagame to calculate its actual win rate. According to Frank Carstein's calculations, a sample size of approximately 400 games is required to achieve a margin of error of plus or minus 5%, so like 95% confidence interval. Uh... In a balanced and diverse metagame, the win rate difference between the top decks is usually no more than a few percent. A 5% margin of error is too wide to differentiate the power level accurately. To reduce the margin of error to 2%, uh, a sample size of approximately 2,500 games is required. Assuming that we pick just the top five decks for our playtest, uh, Wow. 10,000, 102,000 to 25,000. That's a big number. A lot of games are required to calculate the win rates between these decks. Playing 25,000 games is a well-nigh impossible task, especially with the rapidly shifting metagame. So this may also explain the difference in the metagame trend and preferences across different regions in a balanced metagame. Paper underperformed in tournament two and three, and that would lead to players in those regions to lean towards rock. Whereas rock underperformed in tournament one, and players in that region would lean towards scissors instead. The truth is, all three of these decks have the exact same power level at exactly a 50% win rate. So, in conclusion, the hypothesis that tournaments having the same participant composition would produce different results stands correctly. By increasing the amount of mock tournaments used in the experiment, the averaged data is likely to converge towards an even 33.3% spread across each of the three decks. However, in practice, major tournaments with high participant counts are only held once a month on average. The metagame would have shifted in the period between two major tournaments, such as when you have two high-impact booster sets, such as Burst of Destiny and Deck Build Pack Graham Creators, that were released six weeks apart in the OCG. Yeah. In this case, it might be more accurate to analyze data from local tournaments held just a week or two before the major top tournament. 
Rather than presenting the power level of the decks, the metagame breakdown is more about gauging the popular decks, cards, and strategies based on players' preference and performance in various tournaments. So, essentially what this is talking about is that a lot of the times when they post these deck lists on, or they post these breakdowns on the uh, Road Road to the King metagame site, it's all talking about a lot of smaller local tournaments a lot of yeah 50 man 60 man 70 man 100 man tournaments as opposed to like a 2500 person ycs yeah so but they'll compile all of the results from a week's worth of those tournaments it might be 10 tournaments it might be you know and when you compile all that and put it all together really quickly and really tightly Within a week's results, it gives you a much, much better idea of what the format actually look like. Looks like. Yeah. So that's why, if you look at it, going into a YCS, you don't want to look at the metagame and the results from the last YCS. That's that was six weeks ago. You yep. know that there was, might have been a ban list between then and now. Right, or a whole new set, or new product, or just shifting mindsets of the players you don't want to look at something that happened six weeks ago or four weeks ago or three weeks ago even or even two weeks ago and say well this is what the format looks like this is what it is um i think that the players can very easily fall into that mindset of well the <coughs> format is solved this is what the format is yeah when we both know that the metagame is constantly shifting oh don't i know it even to this exact day we're still, I mean, we, we have almost a week left of this format. This format is still moving. This format is still shifting. I, I am constantly changing up my side deck and my main deck non-like engine cards. Yeah. Constantly uh, changing them out. And even some of the engine cards sometimes, depending on what the format looks like. Yeah. So. Like, yeah, like me, uh, back when I had, back when I was playing Chadals and Genius came out, it constantly bounced in and out of my main deck. Right, and that's not even because of genius. That's because of everything else in the format. Um, I might run in Tri Brigade, I might run two Karas sometimes, and sometimes I might run three Karas, just depending on the format. Uh, you know, it sometimes, depending on the format, I might run a Zodiac package, and sometimes I might run a Rescue Cat package with uh, Cyframe Gammas. Maybe, maybe it's, hey, maybe it's time to bust out that old uh, bird up. Honestly, I mean, even engine pieces can change depending on what's happening in the format. That's why it's so, so critical to always be cognizant and aware. Um, when the regional circuit <laughs> opens back up, I recommend everybody checking out the regional circuit. Keep an eye out for all the YouTube videos every mm-hmm. single Saturday. They have probably five or six or 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 regionals all over the, the U.S. Yeah. There's always regionals happening somewhere, and so it's always worth watching and finding what the most recent regional results are. Mm-hmm. So, because right, you're also going to definitely have people who, whatever the last regional going up in the next regional, they're just going to net deck whatever one. You yeah. also have to keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, if okay, let's say we're in a deck, we're in a turn, we're in a format. We just came out of a format. It was. Drytron, Tri-Brigade, Prank Kids, right? More or less. Where 
you look at it, the y, at the YCS, PAC won with prank kits, right? And Rafael Nevin won with Tri-Brigade. And then the South American one, I'm so, I feel so bad about this. I don't remember his name. But the South American was won also by uh, Tri-Brigade. Mm-hmm. And then the next weekend, there was a tournament coming up. And I was there was a case tournament at our locals. I said, dude, I know for a fact everybody and their mother is going to be playing Tri-Brigade and Prank Kids. Yup. And sure enough, everybody and their mother played Tri-Brigade and Prank Kids. Prank Kids won the event. But you know what was two and three after Swiss? Hmm. Drytron. Not because Drytron was a bad deck. Just because it didn't win one of the other two YCSs doesn't make it a bad deck. No, not at all. But because it didn't win that YCS, <laughs> it was a great metagame choice. Because people were less prepared for it. People were like, ah, oh, it's falling out of the format. People are not yeah, siding so, for so it. So I'm not even going to bring my drolls for this tournament because I don't expect there will be any Drytron. Right, exactly. And then they'll come up against Drytron and be and just go, oh no. Right. My so that's drolls. When you have to, yeah, so that's when you have to make sure that the drolls are included. That's when you have to make double sure. Like, okay, so let's take it one step ahead. So... Let's say Prank Kids and Tri-Brigade win those three tournaments. Okay, well, let's look at what people are going to play as a result. So, you know, the smarter, better players are going to be prepared for and playing Drytron. So as a result, to metagame for that metagame shift, to like out-metagame them, uh, we want to make sure that we have stuff sided for Drytron. We want to make sure that we have some drolls sided. So, uh, just as just one random card. Yeah. So I always thought that it was really interesting, um, kind of taking it like that and playing it like that. Oh yeah. I, I, I know. Cause then it helps you to identify when it's a meta call to not play the meta. Yeah. Not play whatever is the number one most popular deck right now. Cause there's a time and a place to play it and a time and a place to not play it. Right, I agree. So, <clears throat> but um, I actually have a very good example of a time when not to play the meta. Um, this was several years ago. This was back during uh, Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon. I'd actually gone. I'd actually gone to a VGC regional. That was also a card game regional. Uh, it was me and a group of friends all went. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, two of my friends decided. Uh, it was me and. Uh, I'm not going to say any names here. It was me and one of these friends were both in VGC, and then the other two were in the card game tournament. Right. Well, one of our friends uh, decided that he was going to pl- he was going to play against the meta and not play what the number one deck at the f- during that time was. I think it was like Sableye Turbo or something. I don't remember. Sure. Um, and he decided to play Jolteon. Which which had which was not only one of his favorite Pokemon, also had a fantastic matchup against that specific deck. Uh, and the other friend said, "No, no, no, no! This is the deck to play at this tournament because the deck also has a good matchup against itself. It becomes a fifty-fifty. Who's better at managing resources? Right. Um. So this is the time to play this deck. Well, the friend who decided to play the Jolteon deck made day two. The person who played meta, well, it did not go well. He went he he uh round by uh, round three he was X two and dropped. 
it goes to show you that sometimes just because something is the best deck does not always make it the correct choice. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have here, so, uh, we're actually, we're probably going to wrap up here soon. Um, but I do have a few more of the top 16 results for the monthly, for the Child Slime Monthly, if you want. Ooh. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, sure. Let's so, over some of the more interesting. Yeah, Giant Skyhawk was, uh, gracious enough to send us these lists what a lovely man four five six seven eight nine ten eleven so i got a dozen actually i think that's well no i think actually he got all of them okay uh so let's go with we have a top eight amazement list um Ooh, is it pure amazement or was it like amazement mixes mix something else um no this is this is pure amazement i have to know uh this deck is running 10 monsters nine monsters what is it three arlenkino three uh two two arlenkino yep uh three of this ultra two arlenkino three ash one each of two other monsters which i'm guessing are the other two amazement main deck monsters. And then um I mean there's three. There's three total main deck monsters? Uh there's four total. Oh one well, of them doesn't get run at all. Well then he's probably not running any of that one. Yeah. It's a uh, Pufo the Teddy Bear. And then so that's seven, and then um the other two main deck monsters. No, this is definitely one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, yeah. Um, the other two main deck monsters are Red Eyes and Dark Magician. Ugh. He's running three Red Eyes Fusion. One of a main deck spell card that I don't recognize. Three Extravagance. Two what look like Red Eyes Insight. One Call by the Grave. Three Crossout Designator. Which is very interesting considering the sheer lack of hand traps here. Uh, three of the Amazement Spell. Um, three Torrential Tribute. Uh, two cyclo coaster, uh, two each of the other two ones, one of one of them, two there can be only one, three solemn judgment, three infinite impermanence. He's running three dragoons, two last warrior from another planet. Oh, those, these two right here, those are waking the dragon. Gross. Ugh. Gross. Hey, it, it, what it, man. Two verte anacondas. Oh, Ooh. man. Side deck. Oh no, the three waking the dragons on the side deck. Those are stood. Okay, those are Tikaboos. A three waking the dragon on the side deck. Three evenlies. Two Starlight Road with his three Stardust Dragons in the extra deck. Two Lancias. Uh, one Lightning Storm. Three Dark Rulers and a Depth Feather Duster. It's Warcrime dot deck. Yeah, that that's still interesting though. It's an interesting Warcrime. Uh, Dragtron is running three Diviner, three Herald. Looks like two. Delta, three Gamma, three Beta, three Alpha, one Eva, one Draconids, one Herald of Ultimateness, one Benten, one Edaton, one Natasha. Um, then it's one Instant Fusion, three Cyber Emergency, one Foolish Burial, three Pot of Prosperity, three Drytron Nova, one Preparation of Rites, two Medionis Drytron, two of uh, the Fafnir Fieldspell. And one called by. Um, the extra deck here is 
uh, one Norden, one Millennialize Restrict, one Herald of the Arclight, Zeus, Beatrice, Downard, Mubeta, Mubeta, uh, Kinkagashi Fucho. <coughs> looks like Goddess of the Underworld. Man, I can never get that card's name in the first go. Kinkagashi Fucho? Yeah. I can't either. That's that's wrong, but people know what I'm talking about. The, uh, the rank one bird. Yeah. Um, that looks like Underworld, Goddess of the Closed World. Looks Boral Sword. Um, looks like Nightmare Unicorn, Nightmare Phoenix, IP Masquerade, and Link Karibo. And then the, uh, the side deck is three Lantia, two Lightning Storm, one Duster, uh, three Dark Ruler No More, two Forbidden Droplet, three Twin Twister, one Red Reboot. Uh, good stuff. Next is the, that was a top four Drytron. First place, Prank Kids. Three Roxies, three Lampsies, three Dropsies, three Fansies. That's the only 12 monsters in the deck except for, oh, of course, one Ash, one Nib, one Ghost Bell. Uh, there for the uh, Crosshouts, Cross designator, yeah. which they're running two of. Um, everything else seems pretty normal. Three Talents, one Mystic Mine, one Set Rotation, boo. Uh, got the Prank Kids place. Um, one other field spell that I don't recognize. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, two Tikaboos. You gotta run Tikaboos now. Um, yeah, pretty normal. Uh, then third crossout, third Tikaboo, one Skullmeister, one Twin, all in the main deck. They're exclusively for um, one Twin and two Cosmics in the main deck for crossout, which I find very interesting. That is interesting because he's running the Twin in the he. So the Cosmics are probably better in his opinion. But he's running the one twin that we so can, can cross out. Yeah, he can negate the twin should your should his opponent for some reason be making right. it. And then Lancia's drolls the last two nib- nibs and a feather duster. <coughs> um, Phantom Knights can't find the list. Top four Melfi Tri Brigade. This is which is interesting. This is amazing. Okay, so Gamma Package, two Karis, three Fractal. Uh, three Kit, three Nerval, uh, three Rescue Cat, three Ash, three Melfi Caddy, um, two Kalantosa, one Melfi. Oh, is that three Puppy, one Caddy? Is he a three Puppy, one Caddy, or three Caddy, one Puppy? I can't tell. Um, uh, which one? Uh, what color is the three of? They're the same color. Hang on, I gotta look at this. Well, okay, 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 okay. So. Here's the thing, is that... Yeah, it's three puppy, one catty. Yep, three puppy, one cat. Okay, three puppy, one cat. Uh, and then one effect veiler. They're exclusively for the... Wait, but they're just not running... In... Okay, the crosshats are in the side deck. Um, three obedience schooled. Uh, one imperm. So why is he running 41 cards and he's running weird ratios of one veiler, one imperm? One Tri Brigade Revolt for some reason. Um, Didn't Revolt get limited? No. 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 They do. Do you remember they did Ten Key? Oh yeah, they did Ten Key and, and Baral. They hit the Zodiac part of it instead. Right. Right. So, oh man, this looks weird. Um, the extra deck. One of each of the Melfiac Seas. Zeus Downard, I think. Herald of the Arclight. Uh, two Shureg. Access code, Appaloosa, Crossvulgar, Rugal, one Bearbrum, two Fergie, one Almirage. 
So yeah, I don't know that there's like too, too much to go over there. It seems pretty standard to me. Um, so looking at the rest of the lists here, that was most of the top four. Uh, we have a top eight adding Nister deck, top 16 Dragoon Guru, top 16 True Draco, top 16 Grand Maju, top eight B Trooper, top 16 ABC, and top 16 Generator Tri-Brigade. Was there anything else in there that you just like really, really wanted to see? Uh, I mean, the ABC decks, I want to know what on earth they were doing. Of course, of course. So you got uh, three Nibs, three A Assault Core, two Union Driver, um, three, so three A, three B, and three C. Okay. Three Ash, three Effect Veiler, one Gold Gadget, just the one, um, one Terraforming. Three Prosperity, two Cosmics, three Union Hanger, I do believe. Um, one Called By, three Crossout Designator, one Set Rotation, one Zombie World, three of another card that I don't recognize, and one Imperm. Then, so there's three Union Hangers and three of another, yeah, there's another one here that I don't recognize. Uh, so, no Cyber Dragon line at all. Yeah. No Galaxy Soldiers, nothing. Then you've also got three, the, so your extra deck is three, uh, ABC Dragon Buster, or Dragon, Dragon, what's it called? ABC what? ABC Dragon Buster. Okay, three ABC Dragon Buster, one Daiguso Emerald, one Abyss Dweller, one Boral Sword, one Access Code, one Opelousa. That's a lot of Link Force. Uh, one Nightmare Unicorn, one Nightmare Phoenix, uh, oh man, one Nightmare Cerberus, one Platinum Gadget, one IP Mascarena, one Barricade Borg Blocker, and one Lion of the Light Charmer, maybe? Uh, and then your side deck is one Pank, three Droll, three Ghost Bell, uh, three Dark Ruler No More, three Solemn Strike, one Harpy's Feather Duster, and one Cosmic Cyclone. Hmm. It's an interesting list. I think that it was mostly just... ABC control, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the one gold gadget is interesting. I figured if you're running the gadgets, you'd run uh, silver two. I guess not. I guess yeah. it's probably just the link climbing extender because you can go into platinum and then, and then I think search and yeah, summon the gold. Out, yeah, summon the gold and immediately go into uh, into unicorn. Yeah, and then just keep climbing. So that's it's probably what be. it is. Yeah. Um, the only other list that was really interesting to me was the. B Trooper list. So this list is running only two Scout Buggy. I mean, you technically only need two. I guess I would want three though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because then that because then you're essentially running a 38 card deck. Yeah, and this is well, this is a 43 card deck. Uh, oh. So it's so you got one normal monster, which is there for Goki Pole, one Nibiru, which is there for Cross Out. Um, one Doom Dozer, two Scale Bomber. Uh, looks like it's got a small, a I say small, probably about a a nine card um, uh, uh, Battle Wasp package. Uh, one Effect Veiler, two Goki Poles, three Resonance Insect, of course. It looks like three, maybe Retaliating C. One Skullmeister in the main. Uh, oh, it's a ten card Battle Wasp package. Um, ooh, uh, one ash in the main, just just there for cross out. Yep. Um, one B trooper formation, one B trooper flying sting, 
one infinite permanence, one called by three triple tactics talents. Pretty standard stuff, honestly. Just one Cicada King. All of the Link 2s, every insect Link you can find, basically. Uh, two Gadarlas, two Contact Seas in this side, one Droll in this side. All just stuff for cross out essentially so yeah i don't know there's some interesting stuff there to think about and some interesting lists to think about um the full deck list breakdown will be on uh yugioh pro deck.com not today but soon <coughs> probably by the, time, by the time this releases it'll definitely be there yeah it, it should if not it'll probably be the next day so um but I think that'll pretty much wrap us up for today. Uh, I know that we were kind of eclectic. We were kind of all over the place. Yeah. There was a lot going on. <laughs> I've got this new puppy, which um, is currently chewing on a blanket. Uh, he is everywhere and is crazy distracting mid-podcasts. Uh, mid so. Very much so. Yeah. So, sorry if we seem distracted. It's because, you know, we are. Yes. So, but... If you would like to get in on the podcast question of the day, be sure to check that out on Twitter. And you can also find us on Discord. You can find our Patreon. You can find uh, links below to all of those, as well as the links to ETB Games, our sponsor, as well as the Team Darkroom Dealings YouTube channel, which is our sister YouTube channel. And As per usual. Right, right. Uh and for those on Patreon, your extra episode will be out on Wednesday as per usual. Uh, I believe Wednesday we will be reviewing Pharaoh Servant. That sounds right. I think the last one that we did was Magician. No, it, no, it was no, Spell it was Ruler. Spell ru- Magic Ruler. So we did Magic Ruler and whatever the next set after Magic Ruler is. I think it's Pharaoh Servant. So no, we didn't do Ferris Arm. We just no, we're, that's the next one. Coming. Yes, it is. Yes. So uh-huh. be looking forward to that. So thank you again to all of our patrons, and I think that'll wrap us up. Have a good one, everybody. Take care, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 